And also today we have Pastor Celeste Tibbs, who is our administrative pastor here. She's been the one that's been the backbone behind all this and organizing the team. And not only is she incredibly administratively gifted, but she is an incredible preacher as well. So she's going to bring a word from the Lord for us today. So would you welcome her to the stage? Blessings to you in the mighty and matchless name of our Lord Jesus. Our God is so good. He's so wonderful. He's so faithful. And before I get into the word, I'd just like to do a short prayer. Father, in the matchless name of Jesus, we thank you for just being you. We thank you that you're a kind and wonderful God. We thank you, Father God, that we can depend on you, trust in you, rely on you in all things, not just some things, but all things. And so, Father God, right now we lay aside every care. We lay aside every worry. We lay aside every thought, Father God, that would not focus on the word that you want to share through me today. For, Father, I pray in the matchless name of Jesus that the word that comes forth, Father God, will be hidden in the hearts of the men and women that are here today. And Satan, I give you warning. I bind you in the matchless name of Jesus. You will not be able to steal that word. In Jesus' name I pray and say amen. Amen. So be a little patient with me because I've got a lot of stuff up here. And as you can see, we have the hand mic this week. And I was just getting used to being mic'd up. Last week, Pastor Jeremy kicked off the Advent series. And in doing so, he defined the word Advent. It was a simple def definition, but something that is easy to remember. Advent, he explained, is a future expectation based on a past event. It's a future expectation based on a past event. And as Christians, we have a future expectation. We eagerly anticipate the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the bridegroom who is coming for us, his bride, the church, the body of Christ. And so we eagerly anticipate that. And in fact, before Jesus left, he told his disciples in John 14 and 2, which is not on the screen, he told his disciples, I go to prepare a place for you. But in John 14 and 3, he says, when everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. So our bridegroom is coming to come get his bride. But in the meantime, what do we do? What do we do while we eagerly anticipate and anticipate the return of our Savior? We rejoice. We rejoice in the birth, the life, the death, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. Because there's so much to be thankful for. There is so much 
to just be glad for. I know that many of us face challenges, but every day when I wake up, I thank God for the ability to breathe even, to open up my eyes, to have health, to be alive. I'm a thankful to God for that. But even more so, in the birth and the life and the death and resurrection of the Lord, they call it the greatest story ever told, the greatest story. But I got to tell you folks something. I don't look at it as a story. It's personal to me. It's intimate to me. It's my love life. See, it's my love life. I've got a love life because the love that Jesus gave to me gave me life. And so we have a love life in our Lord Jesus Christ. He was the one that stepped in when I deserved to be punished because I was guilty. Yes, I was guilty for my sin. But he stepped in and he said, no, 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 no. I'll take the punishment. I'll take it instead. You pardon her. Forgive her for all of her sins. And then he took his blood and he cleansed me and he washed me from the stench and the rot and the filth of sin. In fact, in Psalm 51 and 7, David says, Purify me from my sins and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. He cleansed us and washed us with his blood. And on top of that, on top of it, it, it gets even better. He, for, he gave us eternal life. He gave us eternal life that we would not die. Our spirits will live forever with him. We will rule and reign with him for eternity. And he gave me a brand new me. So I don't know about you, but that's personal. That's intimate. And that's love in action. You see, first, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 in the King James Version says, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Not some things, but all things. But I'm going to also show this to you in the Amplified Version. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that is, grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as Savior, he is a new creature, reborn and renewed by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. We have new life in Christ. There's no shame in us, no guilt in us because he washed all of that away. And so we have so much to be thankful for. You see, last week, Pastor Jeremy talked about love, and he said that it is not passive. 
There's nothing passive about God's love and what Jesus did for us on the cross. There's nothing passive about it at all. So as he demonstrated his love for us through his actions, we too must do the same. See, we follow what Jesus did. He's our pattern. I don't know how many times, but I'll say this, but he's our pattern. He shows us how to live. He shows us how to love. He shows us how to treat one another. He's our pattern. So if Jesus demonstrated his love in the earth through his actions, we must do the same in what I call our love walk. Our love walk. We walk in love. We walk in love. And when people see us, they want to see the love of God in us. They want to know who Jesus is. And oftentimes, they're watching just to see, is that love in us? Is that love in us? And so walking in love is not always easy. It's not easy, but it's doable. It's possible because we have the greater one inside of us. And the greater one makes it possible. We can't do it within ourselves, but Christ, through Christ, we can do all things. All things are possible. And with that love walk, we need to have joy. 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 So why do we need joy? Joy is mentioned over 200 times in the Bible, the King James Version. And rejoice is also mentioned over 200 times. The joy of the Lord is our strength. We cannot walk out this Christian life without the joy of our Lord. It's impossible. It's impossible. Even with the birth of Jesus Christ, the angel that appeared to the shepherds in the field announcing the birth of our Lord Jesus, he mentions in Luke 2, 10 through 11, and the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy. This is not on the screen. Which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Yes, Jesus is our joy. Jesus is our everything. Jesus is our Savior. And we are thankful that the Lord gave his only begotten Son, his only begotten Son, so that we could have eternal life and be given, forgiven of sin. So, do you want God's joy? Do you want God's joy? Who wants God's joy? Amen? I hope you do. If you're sitting here today, I believe that you do. And so to receive God's joy, what do we have to do? What do we have to do? Well, number one, knowing God as our source brings us joy. You see, when the Holy Spirit came to live within us, he brought his joy with him. So as believers, we have joy within us 
through the spirit of God. The greater one lives in us, and his joy is in us. And the joy of the Lord is our strength, and knowing God is our source. He's our source for everything. He's our source for love. He's our source for peace. He's our source for joy. He's our source for provision. He's our source for everything. We can go to God for everything that we need. He is our everything. In fact, in Psalm 4, 43 through 4, it says, this is David speaking, Send out your light and your truth. Let them guide me. Let them lead me to your holy mountain, to the place where you live. There I will go to the altar of God, to God, the source of all my joy. I will praise you with my harp, O God, my God. You see, God is the source of all of our joy. Our joy is not predicated on what someone says about us. Our joy is not predicated on what we're feeling. Our joy is not predicated on our circumstances. The Lord God is our joy. He's our joy. See, happiness, happiness is good. Happiness is good. But happiness comes and happiness goes. And if you're married, I think you know what I'm talking about. One morning you wake up, you look at your husband in the eye, and you say, darling, oh, it's so good to live life with you. And he says back to you, darling, yes, it is. And you just smile, and you look at him, and you think, oh, I'm so happy. But four hours later, it's like, hon, did you take out the garbage? And he's going, uh, not yet. And you're going, why? And he's going, because I didn't get to it. And you're going like, when are you going to get to it? And he's going like, when I get to it. And that happiness, that happiness, that happiness, you understand. You understand. So it's not about a feeling. It's not about a feeling. Joy is the fruit of the Spirit. And we learned in Galatians 5 and 22 and 23 that it is one of the fruit of the Spirit. And when we said, yes, Lord, come into my life now. Save me now. I give you my heart. And I believe you went to the cross for my sins. When Holy Spirit came within us, he brought his fruit. And one of his fruit is joy. So we know that God is our source of joy. And we have to have confidence in that. Not in the world, not in your job, not in the promotion, not in your clothing, not in your home, not in, actually, all of my confidence is in God. Because even sometimes people disappoint you. Even though you love them, they can be disappointing sometimes. But God will never disappoint us. Amen? Amen? So our joy, knowing God as our source, brings us joy. 
Now, there are times when it's hard. It's very hard to have joy because the world wants to dampen our joy. The world wants to snuff out our joy. But even when we're going through trials and we're going through tribulations, even then the Bible says in James 1 and 2, my brethren, count it all joy. When you fall into divers temptations, I'm like, God, I don't like that scripture. Why should I count it joy that I'm having trials and I'm having tribulations? Because honestly, the last couple weeks has been a little rough for me. The holiday seasons are beautiful. They're absolutely beautiful. And I thank my God for his son, our Lord Jesus. But the holiday seasons also remind me of my dear ones, my husband and my son that are not here to share it with me. And there's some sadness around that. And that's natural. It's human. And God knows that. And the thing is, is that we're not to dwell in that. It's okay to have those feelings. But if we stay too long in sadness, then it becomes sorrow, and then sorrow becomes depression. You know, in the last couple of weeks, there was a door shut that I wanted to stay open. I had hopes that this door would stay open, but God shut it so hard he slammed it. And I was like, oh, Lord, really? Really, Lord? And he said, yes. And I said, God, I accept your will in my life, and I trust you, but that hurts. I'm disappointed. Even though I know you know the best for me, even though I know that your decisions are the right one for me, sometimes it's kind of hard to accept when God wants to do something different than what we want. Amen? And then I had kind of a, a virus or a bug, and so I was feeling kind of down. And so I was talking to Pastor Jeremy last week, and he said, I want you to minister this Sunday. And I was saying to myself, oh, Lord, help me. Really? You really want me to minister on joy? Really? Really? I need to be credible in front of your people. Don't you understand that, God? You know what he said to me? I said, I'm not feeling it. I'm just not feeling it. And he said back to me, daughter, my joy is not dependent on how you feel. It's never been about a feeling. It's about whether or not you trust me. Do you trust me? Because your feelings are fickle. And my joy is your strength. And so I will carry you. And so he told me, prepare that for that message. And as I was preparing for that message, whoo, guess what happened? Woo, guess what happened? Hallelujah, glory! I had to get into the presence of the Lord. And number two, what brings us joy? Being in God's presence. 
the more scriptures that I looked at, the more praying that I did, the more praising that I did. Yeah, I have my music going. I'm studying. I'm praising the Lord just like I do here. That sorrow lifted off of me. That sorrow came off of me. And I had to say, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for my life. Thank you for protecting me. Thank you for keeping me. Thank you even when I'm disappointed that you carry me. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And all of a sudden, that joy started welling up in me. Thank you for the time and the season I had with my husband. Thank you, Father God, when we were married, we were a very, very happy and joyful couple because you were our strength and the joy of you was in our marriage. And I thank you, Father God, for that season. Thank you for that season with my son. I miss him, Lord, but I see a smile. You always bring a smile to me. And I remember, Father God, so many beautiful things. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for that time together. I was blessed to have them both. But, Father God, now I must move forward with you. I must move forward with you. Not forgetting them in a sense that they'll always be in my heart. But now, Father God, my joy continues in following you. Wherever you go, I will follow God because you are my joy and I will seek you. And the joy of me, Father God, is based on following you because you are my strength. I am connected to the vine and I will go wherever you say go, Father God. You are my God. And you are my joy, and you are my everything. And you, Father God, have defeated sickness. And you, Father God, have defeated every sin, Father God. And we have victory in you. And so as I got into the presence of the Lord, he gave me Psalm 16, 8 through 11. And it says, I keep my eyes always on the Lord. That's where your joy will come bubbling up, keeping your eyes on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful one see decay. You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. In the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. In his presence, in his presence. See, is your gas tank running a little low? You go to the gas station, don't you? You pull up, you gas up, you take off. Well, if your spiritual gas tank is a little low, get in his presence. Get in his presence. Praise him. Worship him. Read his word. Meditate. Confess his word. Whatever you do to get in that zone, to get in that zone where you are right there with him, press in. Press in. I guarantee you every worry, every sorrow, Every concern will be lifted up off of you. But the problem is, is that we go in the zone and then we go back to worrying again. 
And he said to cast your cares on him because he careth for you. Cast them. He didn't say get them back. He said cast them, let them go. I'll take them. He'll take, his, he'll take our mess. He'll take our concerns. He'll take our anxiety. What an exchange. And he'll give us peace and love and hope and joy. Now that's, that's a great exchange. So we need to cast our cares on the Lord, and we need to get before him because that brings us joy. Knowing that God is our source brings, our, brings us joy. Getting in his presence brings us joy. You know, joy is experienced when we settle in our hearts. See, sometimes we just have to make up our minds and our hearts that we are going to love him, we are going to trust God. We're going to praise him always, regardless of what's going on. You just have to get settled in that. I can't make you do that. He won't even make you do that. But you have to decide, I'm just going to get settled in that. I don't care what's going on. Some of you have got some things going on in your life right now that seem impossible. But he told me to tell you today that he's in control. And he told me to tell you today that he's going to take over if you will cast your cares on him. And he told me to tell you today just to let go and let him be God. And he told me to tell you today that it pleases him to show himself strong when you are weak. So he said, just let go. Let go. Let go. I don't want to blow your ears out back there, but I really want to encourage us to just let go and let God be God. Quit trying to figure it out. Try, quit trying to manipulate the situation. I'm good at that. I'm going to help you, God. I'm going to help you right now because you're, you're going a little slow to me. He says, stop it. Stop it. You can't make it happen. And every time I get involved, I mess it up. Every single time. But when I trust him, when I take my hands off of it, when I get my thoughts of it, off of it and just focus on him, his peace envelopes me. And then I know it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. See, the door that he shut for me, that was a hard thing for me. It was a hard thing for me because I had hope in this situation. But I know that he's got something better for me. I know without a doubt. So we have to know that he is our source, and we have to get in his presence. And then there's another thing we need to do. We need to love and trust him. Love and trust him. Do you know, we receive God's love, but God first loved us. And he wants us to love on him and to trust him. 1 Peter 1 and 8 says, you love him even though you have never seen him. Though you do not see him now, you trust him, and you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. See, trusting him and loving him is, as I said before, just letting go. When he sees that you have confidence in him, God will move on our behalf like crazy. He's just waiting for us by faith to let go. He's just waiting for us by 
faith to say, Lord, step in, do it. Lord, direct my steps. Tell me what to do. I will acknowledge you in all of my ways, Lord, and I will let you direct my path. Lord, I want to do exactly what you want me to do, and I'll wait, Father God. I'll be patient with you, Father God. I'll wait and be long-suffering, and I won't try to get involved, and I won't try to interfere with what you want to do. And when you do that, love him and trust him and let go. Woo! You shall see the glory of God. You shall see the glory of God. Why can I say that? Because I've seen his glory before again and again and again and again and again and again. You know, I was praying with a young woman here a couple of weeks ago, and she was just telling me that her family was kind of estranged. And it was, she was saying her grandmother was going into hospice, and the, the son and the daughter hadn't talked in like 32 or 34 years that they were estranged, that they, she didn't know what caused the problem, but now their mom is in hospice. And you've got a son and daughter that, that have not talked to each other in over 30 years. And she knows, this granddaughter, she knows that it would just be a gift, a gift to have the son and daughter talk to each other before her grandmother goes home. And so we prayed, and we prayed in faith. We stood right there, right in front of here, and we prayed, and we prayed. And about a week, week and a half later, she said, Celeste, guess what? They're talking to each other. They're talking to each other. The miracles that God will do if we will just stand in faith. And we're going to see so much through seek. We're going to see miracles beyond miracles. God's going to restore our families. God's going to bring our loved ones to him. The things that we've been waiting on and standing in faith on, God's going to bring it into fruition. We're going to see a manifestation like we've never seen before. People will be talking about Radiant Church, not because of us, but because of the God in us. Because when we get in the seat, we're going to go right straight to the throne. And we're going to be united as one. And when God hears us crying out in unison, Lord, we love you and we submit to you, Father God. But we need you, Father God. He is going to move on our behalf. And the prayers that we pray, the effectual, fervent prayers of the righteous man availeth much. God is going to answer our prayers. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And finally, what brings us joy? Sharing God's love. Sharing God's love brings us joy. You know, Jesus hung out with sinners and tax collectors. And that used to bug the Pharisees. It made them mad. It's like, he's not only hanging out with sinners, he's eating with these people. Oh, yuck. Okay? But Jesus didn't care because he came for those who were sick. And so in Luke 15, 3 through 7, it says, so Jesus told them this story. If a man has a hundred sheep and one of them gets lost, what will he do? Won't he leave the 99 others in the wilderness and go to search for the one that is lost until he finds it? 
And when he has found it, he will joyfully carry it home on his shoulders. When he arrives, he will call together his friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, because I have found my lost sheep. In the same way, there is more joy in heaven over one lost sinner who repents and returns to God than over 99 others who are righteous and haven't strayed away. See, I was one of those lost sheep, and you were one of those lost sheep. Do you remember? Do you remember? I never forget. I was lost, but because somebody ministered salvation to me, someone was doing their love walk with joy. Someone came to me and said, Celeste, I've heard you're having a tough time. Celeste, I want to share with you my testimony. So we overcame the evil one by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimonies. And so as they shared their testimony with me, I said, I want what they've got. I want what they've got. See, the world wants what you have. They don't sometimes understand it and they don't realize it, but they need it and they want it. And we're in a world that is dying. It's dying very quickly. It's dying very quickly. And they need us. So I want to encourage you today. I want you to take your love walk. And I want you to go out. And I want you to share your testimony and the love of God with your neighbors, with family members don't, that don't know him as Lord. On your lunchtime at work, you see someone struggling. You know they're having a hard time. Just ask them if you could pray for them. The love of God is so needed. And we are the ones to share it. I still have joy when a person says, yes, Lord, oh, there's nothing more beautiful to me. The heavens open up and they rejoice because that soul will not perish. It will not go to hell because you and your love walk with your joy, you've reached out to them. You don't have to be eloquent. You don't have to be a preacher. Just be you and tell them your story and tell them what God means to you and the heavens will open up and Holy Spirit will move. And maybe you're just planting seed right now, but someone's going to come along and water it. Or maybe you're watering and you don't even know that seed has been planted and God will bring the increase. But we need to do as Jesus did. Walk with the love of God in us, coming with the joy of the Lord, for he is our strength. Father, I thank you right now for the men and women here today. I profess, Father God, in faith, Father God, that their love walks will get stronger. Father God, I decree right now in the matchless name of Jesus that they will go forth, Father God, and that they will share the gospel of Jesus Christ, Father God, with joy. 
Father God, you have created them for this time and for this season. And the world needs them, Father God. And you are equipping them. They are equipped, but you continue to equip them, Father God. Because they've got Holy Spirit in them, Father God. They're ready, Father God. So right now, Father God, I thank you right now that many souls will be won to the kingdom. I thank you, Father God, the heavens will open up with rejoicing as they go forth, Father God. Because, Daddy, this is your desire. So right now, Lord, we won't be anxious. We'll not worry about anything, Father God. We'll let your joy take over. Your joy, your unspeakable joy, Father God. And we thank you for you, Father. We love you. We adore you. In the matchless and mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.